Welcome to the Been There, Lost Fat podcast. Real education and advice from people who get it. We have been there, lost fat, and successfully helped many others in doing so. We are here to help you weed through all of the bad information and gimmicks to reach your health, fitness, and physique goals in a sustainable way. I'm Sarah Fuchinari, an integrative health practitioner, certified nutrition coach, and head coach of Team Fit With Me, here with two other Fit With Me rep members, my assistant coach and certified nutritionist, Jess Beloy. What's up, girl? And then I also have uh, Renee Dollar, who I like to call mom because she's actually my mom, not just because I call her that, um, who is our head personal trainer here at Fit With Me. What's up, mom? There. <laughs> Um, in case anybody hasn't listened to the gym intimidation episode, which was like episode three or something way back, like way back. It was the first episode that we had uh, Renee and Bill, AKA mom and dad on. And um, one of our clients, Lindsay's never going to live this down. She's uh, not. <laughs> no, she's not. This, she's never going to live this down. Uh, Lindsay thought that I just called Renee and Bill mom and dad because they're the more, as she put it, senior members of the Fit With Me team. <laughs> that um, was and not realizing that they're actually my parents. And, and and now, and this has been brought up like many times. So yeah, she's never, ever going to live this down. Um, <laughs> sorry. Sorry, girl. And I know, she, I know she's going to listen to this episode <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, luckily she's got a great sense of humor. <laughs> she does. Um, she she's somebody that we should bring on the podcast actually, and she's had such a cool transformation. We were just actually talking about her in our last little catch up. I was saying that um, her shoulders look better than mine at this point. No, she looks she looks amazing, and uh, doesn't she? She's been with the team for quite a while now too, and she would be very fun to have on her and dad. Well, this shit takes time. You can't get shoulders like that in just a couple months. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I mean, there's no, there's no quick pill or anything. No, sh- nothing we could do. <laughs> how long, how many, how many minutes in are we on talking about time? Two minutes? Two, Two minutes. Two <laughs> Let's minutes go. We're talking about time. Okay. So the reason that we, the, the reason, uh, well, yeah, the reason that we're recording today is um, I've had some work done lately, two, two weeks and a day ago. Um, I had some plastic surgery and I've had plastic surgery before and uh, it was basically I, the major procedures, I guess I'm referring to, were um, skin removal procedures and basically like uh, repairing my body after massive weight loss. Um, this procedure was a little bit different. And so I was unsure if I was going to share it or if there would be any interest in me sharing it. And so like two days before surgery, I posted on my story and I was like, hey, like, do you, do you guys care about this? Um, and like overwhelmingly I got like fucking 50 questions and tons of people and they all want to see my tits. And so, um, for educational purposes, I'm sure we'll start my only fans for the, uh, for the other reasons. Um, but anyway, so there was a lot of interest and a lot of questions and, um, and it's, it's, and especially when we're talking about this, like weight loss space, um, you know, it's a part of many of our journeys. Um, and for me, it was the, uh, well, I, I keep referring to it as like my major surgeries, my past two surgeries, not this one, but skin removal was a game changer for me and um, a necessary thing. And uh, Jess has a totally different outlook on on, on it as of now. Um, but bottom line is, is that there were lots of questions and that it wasn't going to happen on just answering my questions on my stories. And then I thought, why don't I bring somebody in who's been in the plastic surgery and injectable and facial and all the thing game for a while here. And so enter stage right now. <laughs> yes. 
Um, so, um, so first I think it's important to talk about kind of like the, for like the outlook and perspective on plastic surgery, because, um, I've had a couple conversations with people. Um, and what the one that is coming to mind is with Celeste, our mindset coach, go back to episode, I don't know, one of the first five episodes to listen to her. She's awesome. Um, but I grew up in a household where plastic surgery was really normalized. And so none of it, it's, it's something that has always been like openly talked about. It's something that is just, you know, like what you do and part of your like hygiene almost is how I've always, and I'm curious to hear what you have to say about this too, mom. Mm. Um, but I know that when I was talking to Celeste, she did not grow up in a house where that was a normal thing. So it was, a so for me, it was just like, well, this is an obvious, obviously once my forehead starts moving, I'm getting Botox. Like obviously we're like going to do these things to keep ourselves in this way, but everybody's kind of outlook on it is different. And I guess like, so grandma had, has had plastic surgery too. So was that, what's the vibe that you grew up with mom? That's really interesting question. I never even thought about the fact that you grew up in an environment where it was normalized, especially growing up in New Jersey, in the Northeast, the area we grew up, you grew up mm -hmm. in, I grew up in, it is pretty common um, where you go out to maybe other parts of the country. It's not quite as common. As far as getting back to grandma, um, now you know that, or let's the audience doesn't know, that both my parents, your grandparents, always struggled with weight. That was a big deal. And it was my mother was a diet pill person. That's how she dealt with it back in the day, mother's little helper. Um, and, uh, but she, you know, had her eyes done. Then she had a tummy tuck later on in life. She had her face done. Uh, then she let it go after a certain time, you know, became comfortable in her skin. And yes, she's 85 and gorgeous, even without, you know, keeping up with injectables mm -hmm. and all of those things. But it was just something that I saw my mother struggle with her weight, my father struggle with their weight, hence with where my head is at, that I never wanted to do that. And then also my mother taking care of herself uh, and part of taking care of herself was keeping up with getting your eyes done and getting, you know, whatever. I mean, she didn't mm -hmm. get breasts done, but I don't think it was as popular back then as it became later on. To, to look like a, to look like a porn star, like it is now. Well, no BBL for grandma. When, yeah, but when she lost weight, you know, and she had that extra skin in front, uh, you know, of her abdomen, the flap, and that was getting irritated all the time, then then it was time to get a tummy tuck. It was just not, you know, yeah. a combination of gaining and losing and gaining and losing and the, the it's stretching. But it just is something that, you know, is normal. And then as I started to age, um, I guess the first thing, do I talk about this, Sarah? <laughs> it was... You know, where do you want to go with this? Well, I think it's, well, I guess, well, like, where did it all begin? Because like my, like, no, I think you and I had the first, so my nose was the first thing I had done. Is that the first thing Me you too. had done too? Me too. Okay. So I had my nose done when I was like, I mean, you paid for it. So I was a teenager when I had my nose done. Yes. Uh, seven, 17, 18. Yes. Something like that. I was already married. You were already Okay. So you were in your twenties. I was in my, my early 20s when I did that. So my parents did not pay for it. <laughs> I remember always wanting it, but my father telling me I was so beautiful and absolutely not and all of that. And then, you know, I got married to dad and it was like, yeah, if that's what you want to do. And then um, in my 
late 20s, early 30s, no, I would say early 30s, I had my upper eyelids done for no other reason, for cosmetic reasons, not, not, not for anything that I just, I couldn't wear eyeshadow on the top of my lids. And that's something that I wanted to do. I didn't need my lower lids done, but that was something that I wanted to do. So it, it was just keeping up. All right. What else? What else have you done? Let's do this. All right, here we go. <laughs> well, so I did have, um, let's see. So it started with my nose. Then I had my upper eyelids done. Then I had um, my breasts done the first time, except I came out looking like a porn star. And I had actually flown from New Jersey out to Ogden, Utah to have it done by a man that was famous for doing fitness competitors, who I was a very good friends with one, as well as showgirls would come out from Vegas. And the price was a lot better than in New Jersey. So Crazy Renee got on a plane, flew out to Ogden, Utah, um, and uh, had that done. And then while I was there, um, he also did a little bit of lipo, lower abdomen, and inner thigh. And Is that I, pre or post kids? Post children. I was already in the fitness industry. I, you know, I, I was very fit. I was lean, not as lean as I am now, but I, you know, I still, um, it was, it was just to optimize because when I got leaner, my breasts looked like something out of National Geographic and I was not happy with that look. Um, but then when I went there and I was like, please don't make me too big. Please don't make me too big. And it was like, we're not going to make you too big. I woke up. I was like, holy moly. This is not what I thought. And well, I'm thinking, well, you know, for, yeah. Well, for anybody who is not familiar with uh, Renee's physique, she's like, a, she's like a, like five foot one and like two and, pounds. Like one a, and three quarters. <laughs> she's a very petite woman um so so just know that that they put these like these big breasts on her and it was a little she looked like she right, was gonna topple over them. A I, was, I could feel them but then I couldn't do anything about that to change that and for six months and I just I I just was uncomfortable they were just had their own zip code they entered the room before me I was just not something I want you know wanted to have so six months to the day I went back there and the surgeon Brian looked at me says Renee they're gorgeous and I'm like but I'm uncomfortable this is not me so we went down I had a lift and um smaller implants put in which now is about 16 years later 15 years later and I have the same ones and I'm very comfortable with that and they are silicone. I know back in the day there were different, you know, there was saline, silicone, mm -hmm. there's gummies, but the what I have is silicone. Um and I'm very comfortable with that. I also had um let's see, 8 years ago and okay, so I'm 61 or 62 years old and 8 years ago I had a facelift, a lower face done. Um and, uh, and I remember you telling me that that was the most barbaric thing that you've ever done. It really was. I watched on YouTube how they do it afterwards. Had I watched it before, I probably would not have done it. But I'm pleased with the end result. In the interim, I always kept up with neurotoxins, whether it be Botox. Dysport is my neurotoxin of choice right now. Um, and minimal fillers. Uh, I've also... Um, had a thread lift last summer, um, which is on your face where they actually take very fine threads 
and you're you're totally awake during this and they just um put them in underneath your skin and it sort of pulls the skin back and your body forms its own collagen around these threads very pleased with that the results have been nice and i'll probably have another uh, put in a couple more you don't ever see them there's no downtime there's barely any bruising if any um, but it's a, uh, a very nice procedure. At this mm-hmm. point, I don't look to do things that are very invasive. I just look to do things that are... Wait, you've also up. burned the shit off your, of your face. Oh, at what, let's did you mention that. That, that was times. fucked up. That was fucked. I remember one time that you were like a fucking burn victim for like a week. Okay. That was fucked up. So <laughs> that's interesting. You know, the things that you forget, but I had act you know, terrible acne as a young person. I had cystic acne. And even though I always went to a dermatologist and did the best I could, I still had scarring. And um, I had gone to a doctor in New York City to discuss doing something, uh, I forget what at the time with my skin. And he said, you need to change the texture of your skin. That's going to be, and so I had the Fraxel laser resurfacing. And it's, uh, you're, you're basically burning the top layer off of your skin. Um, you're treating yeah, she yourself. Like, you look like Freddy Krueger for a little while. Yeah. It was worth it. It was a little Freddy Krueger. It was, it was really worth it. It took care of what I wanted. And then later on, I've had uh, minor um, lasers, but nothing as invasive as that first laser. Yeah. Okay. So have you ever, um, have you been, have you always been like super open and honest about plastics yes and what you've done and what you haven't if somebody so asks I, i'm really honest about it i could because I, I don't care you know it's like who cares well so i feel like on like the in what we do and on the platform that we have that it's important to um to be honest and forthright about it because i think that for for example if i were to take my a photo that i wow i just looked at almost exactly seven years to my surgery. So if I looked at a picture on, that I took of myself on August 11th, 2016, and compared it to a picture of myself today and posted it on the internet and, and advertised it like that was achievable naturally, I think that would be something just awful. And it would be like using it like, like, like I, I, that, that's why I think that's why I've always been like, so upfront about the plastic surgery. First of all, because people seem to have questions, but secondly, because I would hate for us to give somebody unrealistic expectations. Like how, you don't care. How, how old are you, mom? Six, almost 60, almost 62. Okay. So like 62 year old women don't look like that naturally. Like it's just, it, right. I mean, and so if you were to be walking around giving, like telling people that this was natural, like, like fucking Suzanne Summers, um, like it, it's not, well, it's just, you know what? It's the same thing with bodybuilders. When you look at a bodybuilder and you see that they've got this incredible mass, you know, and, and they're saying that they're natural. Well, you're not natural. And there's nothing wrong with taking, you know, drugs that will enhance that physique. But again, don't say that you're natural if you're not natural. People look at women who weight train and they're really big and they're like, I don't want to get big. It's like, you can't get big naturally. You know, we just don't mm-hmm. produce enough testosterone to put on that kind of mass. If it's something that a person finds attractive, yeah, fine. You know, take take the drugs, but be honest about how you achieved your results. There's nothing wrong with, you know, having surgery. There's nothing wrong with taking, you know, performance enhancing drugs, but be honest about it because you don't want to fool the public. 
Well, I wasn't honest about having weight loss surgery for a long time. I wasn't dishonest about it, but I didn't talk about it. And I I, I certainly didn't post it on the internet for a long time. Uh, Totally, totally. Um, But but also it's so funny because like all of the things that go around the internet of like, you know, people are going to say all these things to you and whatever. Maybe it's just because I'm not the kind of person that tolerates bullshit. Um, but I have not had anybody ever tell me like, oh, you took the easy way out or like any, or no, like, early or, on, I haven't heard anybody say anything negative. Early on, you had some haters. You had like a couple people that I remember you, that you were just like, I just can't believe Oh, I had one <laughs> awful person a couple of years when I had already lost all the weight. Um, but like, I, I, and it wasn't even like so much about like, like my friends, my friends knew and, and my family knew, um, but my professional life, because I was, I was in like corporate America. I was like, I just don't feel like this is something that needs like that I needed to share. Um, but also like, you know, now being on like the other side of it, like if Jess and I see somebody lose 50 pounds in three months, we're like, that bitch got way long surgery. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, or, and now it's like that she's, she's on Ozempic for sure. <laughs> like, um, but it's true. It's true. Like I, I think it's so important for people to be honest about things for that so that you have a realistic idea of what a before and after can look like. So you have a realistic idea of the speed that things can happen with a transformation, um, and I think it's fucked up all the, all the people that lie. And we see, I mean, like Jess, I mean, yeah, Jess is like my bestie. So we gossip a lot. Well, you're like my, be- I got a couple of both my besties here, um, <laughs> but we talk, pl- we, we talk plenty of shit and it's, um, and you know, there are people that are definitely up on the internet that are lying about the things that they get done. All right. So let's talk about more of the things that you've had done and the people are so curious and because you've All right, so let's go through, let's, let's go through, let's take it from the top. So, um, I have had, so I started with getting my nose done when I was like 17 or 18 years old. Um, then from there, I, then from there, I think everything was weight loss related. So then I had weight loss surgery in 2016 and then I had my breasts done in 2017. Yeah. So I lost like the bulk of my weight and then I, (laughs) my hairdresser had a great rack. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, where do I get me some of those? And, um, and she was one of those girls that like, didn't have boobs and got boobs. And those are the best boobs when you don't have to have them like reconstructed and repaired. But anyway, um, so she sent me to, uh, Dr. Buford who has done all of my work and Dr. Buford is, uh, one of the top surgeons in Denver. He is the boob guy in Denver. Um, and he's very well known. He's a, uh, He's a master allergen injector and trainer. And so like, he's, he's the guy. So I go to see him for a consult in May, like the first week of May. Uh, I decide that I'm going to get breast lift in AUG. We didn't even talk about tummy tuck because I didn't think that I was going to need that. I was pretty like, I thought that I was pretty much where I was going to be um, and that I wouldn't need it. I thought I, I had a little bit more weight to lose and that it wasn't going to be an issue. And so he happened to have somebody cancel like 10 days later. And I was like, well, fuck this, let's do it. And I remember calling you and cause I was in Denver and I, my mom and my family lives in New Jersey. And I remember calling you and I was like, I'm getting my boobs done like next week. And you were like, well, I can't be there. And I was like, well, I'm like doing it. So like <laughs> you were like, it was almost like when I told you I was going to get married without, uh, without you. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you were like, you're going to get plastic surgery without me. And I was like, I'm doing it. Um, but I lived with my best friend at the time and one of my besties and she was cool with taking care of me. I was dating a nice guy at the time that was cool with taking care of me too. And I, well, I, 
anybody that knows even like in, 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 in a fraction of me knows that once I decide I'm doing something, I'm just fucking doing it. So May 12th, 2017, I got my boobs done and I got, um, I started with, um, a certain, so silicone gummies, uh, that are, uh, an allergen implant. I can't remember what the responsive implants, um, which are a little bit more teardrop shaped, a little bit more natural. My goal, the first time that I got my boobs done was not to have big fake tits, which is funny when we get to what I just got done. Yeah. Um, (laughs) So my goal was to, uh, was to be able to wear whatever I wanted and to reconstruct my like saggy droopy things. Um, I had always had breasts. I had always been a D or a double D cup size. So I was like, I, you know, I've always had, I've always had boobs. I don't need to like all of a sudden be the girl with the boobs. Um, and so that was not my goal. My goal was to have, had to have breasts that looked more natural, that looked supernatural, I should say, because who's, who's paying for natural looking breasts? That's boring. Um, so, but it was basically in my mind, it was like a reconstructive surgery. And if you, and if if you were to see my photos, um, you would see that it is very much so reconstructive of, you know, of, of what I had done. So I had that done and then it came to the following year. Um, and the following like fall, I want to say, so now we're like fall 2018 and I am, I just can't get the, like the last couple pounds and not even scale weight pounds, like pounds off my, like can't tighten up my lower belly. And so I think that I need liposuction and I talked to my coach, Jason, Jason about it. And I was like, would you judge me if I went and I got liposuction? Cause I have been working with him for over a year and it would, he, and it was like, it was like this stubborn area. And he was like, no, I totally support you. Like you've been working really hard. You're doing all of the things that you can do naturally, like go. So back to Dr. Buford's office, I go. So I go to Dr. B and he said, I have good news for you. And I have bad news for you. Uh, the good news is, is that this is not fat. The bad news is, is that this is a loose skin. And the only thing that I can do is a tummy tuck. And I really didn't want to have a tummy tuck because I've seen a lot of tummy tucks and most people look very boxy, like a cereal box is what they say. And most people have a belly button that looks like a coin slot at a Las Vegas slot machine. Um, we and know so how I you am, feel about Vegas. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> go back to the last episode. Um, and so I just, I like, I wasn't interested in that. And I would like, I had, I already had a cute belly button and I just, I didn't think I was going to need it. So I was shocked when he told me that that was what I needed to achieve the result that I wanted. And then also let's not deny the fact that when you get out of tummy tuck, you have a scar from one side of your body to the other side of your body. Um, so that was, and I, and I already knew from having my breasts done that I did not scar well. I'm very fair skinned. I have, I don't keloid, but I do get purple, like dark, like dark purple scars. Mm. And so that was, that, that, that was all really unappealing to me. Um, but ultimately that's what was what I needed to do. And I always like my goal in all of the plastic surgery at this point was like, I wanted to wear whatever I wanted to wear and feel comfortable. in. I want to rock whatever I wanted to rock. Um, I also discovered that I had ab separation. So I had abdominal repair. I had some lipo. I mean, like he made my, my waist is freakishly small. Um, which again, I would hate for somebody to think that they could achieve my figure without, plastic surgery. Cause it's fucking impossible. Like I don't, my, my ratios are not normal. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my tummy tuck in January of 2019. That's her Mark and I were together for maybe like eight months at that point. You came out to Denver for that one. Thank God. Cause that was, that, that was pretty big surgery. Um, there were, that's what I knew <laughs> that Mark was the guy though. 
because he was terrific <laughs> as far as caretaking and all of that. You know, he was just very amazing. But that was a very mm. rough surgery. And there's a lot of things that they don't tell you when you do have the abdominoplasty. And you should share all of those things. Both. On Here's the problem is that I'm very results oriented. I don't really consider what happens between the charge on the credit card and the end result. Okay. You know, like the whole, like when I sign up to get something done, like it doesn't really fucking matter what, what happens between now and end result. Um, I don't like getting my nails done either as I'm sitting here without a manicure. Uh, but I like the end result. <laughs> so any discomfort that comes along with plastic surgery, I don't even think about it until it's happening. <laughs> Which goes again, which is part of a reflection of who I am as a, as a person is I'm a pretty, like, I, I would call myself an impulsive person. I think you both would agree that I'm an impulsive person. And so, and, and that impulse is based off of the end result. So I don't usually fully think through the things that are going to happen. Before yes. the are, we, are we going to remind Sarah if she ever does anything again about this last episode, oh. you and I? remind her yeah yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> i'm totally gonna do more stuff though i mean like i i just i just told the story about how i got a tortoise so like i don't think that the impulsive decisions are gonna stop anytime soon uh, um, the tummy talk was brutal though and um i i also i also haven't had children so like i haven't gone through any kind of pain like that in my life where I'm like, and I, I I haven't gone through any kind of pain like that. I've broken bones and stuff, but this is a whole different ball game. Um, and there's, uh, okay, so let, I'll finish my whole thing and then we'll talk through like the stages of recovery and all those things. So then since then, I've so then also I've gotten, I started getting Botox when I was like 22. Um, I have had filler everywhere. I've had all different kinds of filler um, I have had Renew Beyond Skin Tightening, which uh, <laughs> we'll circle back on. I have had, uh, uh, ooh, started doing some Silfirm treatments, which I'm loving uh, for skin tightening and anti-aging. And then the surgery that I just had two weeks ago um, is I had my breasts redone and then I had upper bleph. Um, so upper eye, upper eyelid fat removal is that the best way to describe it? Yeah. Um, so I so I decided so funny enough I went back to see Dr. Buford because there was a spot on my back that I wanted him to lipo, um, and he told me that I had body dysmorphia and that he wasn't going to do anything about it. Um, he basically said that like for the for any money that I would invest that and spend on him anything that he could do that it like wouldn't be enough of a, a difference to be worth it. Um, but I flew out to Denver to have a consult with him. I had thought about going to a Scottsdale surgeon. There are tons and tons of surgeons here that are great. And most Scottsdale surgeons are uh, like dual offices in uh, LA and here. So they are some of the best surgeons. They're some of the most expensive surgeons as well. Um, but I considered having surgery locally in Arizona because I wanted to recover at home. Uh, but ultimately my gut told me that I trust Dr. Buford and he has never steered me wrong. And he also has always, uh, pumped the brakes. If I've asked for something that like, won't look good. For example, when Kylie Jenner lips were really in, I was really into the lip thing. And it got to the point that he was like, Sarah, 
I'm not putting like these like Middle Eastern Persian girl lips on you, a little Jewish girl. It's not, we're not doing that. And mm-hmm. so Dr. Buford has always been, had my best interest in mind for like the long-term and overall look, even when I've gotten out of a little out of control. And so I think that that is super important with a plastic surgeon. He wasn't just like taking my money, but ultimately, so he told me that the spot on my back was not worth doing anything about. Um, but then I wanted to have my breasts kind of like perfected because there's only so many things that you can do in one surgery. And as I said, my first breast surgery was reconstructive. Um, and I still want my areolas were not like could be a little bit more symmetrical. Um, and then ultimately I got wanted another lift because I have gotten significantly leaner, which I didn't plan on doing. Um, and so things have gone south <laughs> and my breasts were actually really, honestly, I think that a lot of people, if they saw my breasts two weeks ago would tell me I was crazy for getting surgery because they were beautiful. Um, but they just weren't what they, they weren't, they, there was still room for improvement. Um, and while I was at it, I decided that I wanted big fake looking tits. So, which was not my goal the first time I wanted to, my, my last words to Dr. Buford before surgery was, um, I want to look like a porn star, but like one that like doesn't have daddy issues. Um, (laughs) that's my goal. I want to look like, (laughs) he was like, I'm so glad I have boys. Yeah, I said, um, I, I don't have da- I don't have daddy issues, by the way. But, um, but I was like, I want to look like a porn star, but like one that like has like the moral. Um, so we went with it. But, but, all, but also, again, like I like I probably would have gone for something even more unnatural because I just am extreme. And so I think that he found the perfect balance between them, like looking fake enough and high enough and round enough and also not being like, you know, cartoonish looking. Um, I'll post all my pictures and if any, if any follower, if any clients or followers that I know would like to see my photos, I'm happy to show you my photos. Uh, strangers, you're not seeing them. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but clients. Gotta get like, to the only fans yeah, to see those. Yeah. You're going to have to subscribe for that. Um, <laughs> but in all seriousness, I have no shame about sharing any of the things. Um, I still have uh, like tape on my breasts right now and I still have tape on my eyes, which is uh like we're, we're trying to disguise right now. Um, but I, so that's all I've had done basically. Um, did I miss anything? No, I think you covered it all. But I think that one of the things that people have to realize in, in choosing a doctor, like you said, Dr. B for you is that you have to trust them because they just to say, have a doctor say to you, no, I'm not going to do that. No. And, and I've been in that boat too. And that's a really important thing because there are p- docs out there that'll just be like, oh, yeah, you know, cha-ching, cha-ching, take your money, but they won't look mm-hmm. at you as the whole. So to have a relationship and or to make sure that, you know, you do your research and uh, speak to multiple doctors, speak to patients of theirs, get a referral, so important because as many good ones are that are out there are as many bad ones that are out there as well, you know. It's so true. And that was why, I, and I totally think it was the right direction, the right decision to fly out to Denver. So we had yeah. me, we booked an Airbnb. Um, and then mom flew out from New Jersey and met me there and took care of me. And then Mark came out and flew me back home to Arizona um, mm-hmm. to recover. But we were there for five, five days, we yeah, were there for five days and then did like a follow-up appointment uh, so that I could get released to go home. And Dr. Buford released me home. Um, but since then we've kind of been in, you know, recovery, recovery, but before we talk about recovery, um, 
Is there anything that you've had done that you wish you haven't hadn't? Like, what? What was there anything that wasn't worth it that you've done? Um, no, actually, everything, every every penny you think has been spent well. I do, and I'll tell you. You know, it's interesting because, as you know, I've never been shy about my age or whatever, but I've always taken a lot of pride in the way that I look, um, and wanting to look what I consider to be the best that I. I can. And I think that I think that you should start young and baby steps along the way. I have found that like when my contemporaries start, you know, they have their first facelift at, you know, 65, 70 years. It's not the same as if you started and you you look different. You don't look like yourself. Um, so mm-hmm. it's like little and even with, you know, Botox, it really helps with the aging process, the neurotoxins. You lose volume to your face as you get older. So filling it a little bit, because um, you always want to look like you. And um, and as far as any of the body work, no. It, I think it, the filler, I think the filler is where people fucking fuck things up. And they start looking cartoony and stuff. I think people, I don't, I, I, I haven't seen Botox go too bad on people. No, but I think when people no. start, the, the filler, the filler is where people start looking freaky. They do. And they don't look like themselves. And it's like, you want to look right. like you. You just want to look like the best version of you. It's not like you're trying to change that. Um, at least that's how, how I think about well, it. Well, for anti-aging, for anti, no, hold on. I, okay. I was certainly trying to, when I got my nose done, I was trying to change what my nose looked like me too i mean that's just genetically what we had very wide nose or whatever yes fine so mm-hmm. we wanted to change that but otherwise just those other things and no i can't say i mean certain surgeries like i said my face was very hard that was a very difficult surgery um and my it was for me for other people it it wasn't for I, around my mm-hmm. ears it really hurt i don't know why but it really hurt mm-hmm. um and and you're numb for a while and the sensation doesn't come back for quite a long time and that doesn't know i just started feeling my nipples like two years ago <laughs> okay and now we're gone again back. and luckily i don't care about that that's not like a that that's it's not like a sexual erogenous thing right. for me but um but uh, but but it's i mean but it's a thing i couldn't i couldn't feel my nipples for several years i got feeling back but you know what as i'm t- as i'm feeling my nipples in front of you guys right now um, I wonder if it's possible that I won't lose feeling this time because I can still feel. This is I the promo feel, clip. I can, yeah, right. Yeah, I can, I can feel mm-hmm. my nipples right now. Like this. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that's possible that I won't lose feeling. Um, so that's okay. So that is a weird thing. The um, where the the numbness thing numbness. is weird with plastic, and the other thing, like with my tummy tuck, uh, is sensation is weird where the nerves have closed. So, for example. If I have an itch somewhere, I have to scratch it like where it used to be, like uh, where the skin like was pulled down. So, <laughs> so like, so I will scratch like, let's say under my rib cage and I will feel it like in a different spot. Like, does that make sense? Like where yes, the skin but it's used absolutely to be. Bizarre. <laughs> um, so that, so that is totally a thing um, that ha- that happens hmm. and uh, and I didn't have feeling in the center of my abdomen for probably two years, almost. I think that the numbness thing, I think people don't tell you that. I don't know if I knew that, that, that I wouldn't have feeling for years people don't in areas of my body. tell you a lot. That's the whole yeah. thing. I feel like people <laughs> do not 
tell you a lot and maybe that's good, but I, I, I like to know everything. Um, though, like I said, I don't know if I knew about the face thing. Well, yeah, I probably yeah, like if you do that. it, I yeah, would still do it. Yeah. But yeah. they don't, but they don't tell you. And just like when you had the abdominoplasty, I mean, you can stand up straight. You were bent over. Oh my God. You for a lot forever. Of oh my gosh. And if we, we could do like a whole episode on tummy tucks and like the things that you need to have on hand, like if you get a tummy tuck and you don't rent a power recliner and buy yourself a walker or a cane, like you're selling yourself hugely short you after recovery journey and on your independence. And that's, I think that is the hardest part of recovery overall is just losing your independence um, and having to rely on other people. And when, before these procedures that I just had now, people were using the words like piece of cake, walk in the park compared to past surgeries that I've had. And I'm still only two weeks out, which is very early in recovery. And yes, physically piece of cake walk in the park compared to my tummy tuck. But mentally, it's the same fucking thing. It's the same thing. You lose your independence. You're uncomfortable. Like I still am not sleeping well because I'm uncomfortable. Um, I'm like dealing with brain fog from medications. I had a really hard time coming back from like the anesthesia and stuff this time, which was the first for me. Uh, there And then there is there is a stage that after every procedure that requires downtime, uh, called the what have I done stage <laughs> Everybody and it is them. when and 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 they and like it's funny I like when you go through like the surgery packet like they, there's like a little paragraph about post-surgical depression but no that needs to be like a full that needs to be like its own little book mm -hmm. because like you are starting to feel like you can you're starting to feel like you know you're you're like awake for the whole day and you're starting to feel like you can do things but like you can't actually do things like I still can't buckle my seatbelt in the car right now <laughs> I can't take myself places like it's frustrating to not be able to like get through a full day of work and you know uh and and the first week of recovery is real cute and you're like having fun putting your feet up and sleeping all day but then you know like you want to get back to your life and you can't and so this is the, the what have I done stage. And I'm, I'm pretty right. solidly in it right now. <laughs> well, I also think that you don't realize like with breast, how much of your pec muscles you use for little things. I remember after I had had my breast done, going to close like the sunroof thing to the car and my chest going into spasms, the muscle going into spasms, you know, little, oh, you can lift your hand over your, I'm still, a, I, you literally live a T-Rex life. I am a T-Rex right now. Right. You can't, I, you can't lift I, like, I, the, like this in my opening, like the sliders for like my, the sliders for my back door. I have to like put my elbow into it and like push back. It's a whole fucking thing. But then there's a part the of you can't open the, can't open the microwave. <laughs> There's a part of me that says, you chose to do this. You're not allowed totally. to complain about it in my brain. You opt. It's not like it was necessary surgery. This was, and, and this is just how I always think this is something that, that you chose to do. Not meaning you specifically, Sarah, but whoever chooses to do this. So like, shut your pie hole, you know, suck it up. Well, you I'm, glad, I'm, glad that, I'm glad you've only imposed that rule on yourself because you've <laughs> given me plenty of sympathy, sympathy and empathy. Yeah, but I'm your mom. <laughs> That's really nobody, how I feel. Literally, nobody has told me to suck it up. I've told me to I'd suck it up a little bit at times, but nobody has told me to suck it up. Everybody has felt adequately bad for me. Well, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean, I don't know. That's so I'm in the what have I done stage is where I'm at. And then I can I and I say to my husband at least five times a day, 
Um, do they look noticeably different? Because did I just spend all this money for them to not look noticeably different? And he's like, babe, they're noticeably different. <laughs> and then I'll be like, hold on. If I put on this shirt, are they noticeably different? Um, and then, you know, and the eyes are such an afterthought at this point, like right now, like I'm so focused on the breasts that like the eyes are not a thing except for like when I look at myself and I have tape on my eyes. Um, but my, ex, my, um, I think that I, I got the, the bluff thing for a similar reason that you did. I don't think mine was so much anti-aging. Mine was that I had one eye that had, was a little bit more hooded than the other. And I was going to start messing around with threads with Trista, who's my, um, my nurse injector here in Arizona. We were going to start messing with threads and, uh, and talks and trying to even things out a little bit because the symmetry was an issue for me and something I wanted to work on. Um, but I just kind of was like, well, I'm already in, I'm under anesthesia for my breast, so um, I might as well what get can it done. You? Well, and I think it's <laughs> important to note that like, um, yeah, well, <laughs> up until six weeks ago, I was getting my thighs done too, but I don't think we have, have time to talk about that. <laughs> um, we could record a lot of episodes about plastic surgery. Um, but something that Trista always says, who is my injector here, is that, you know, you have to be reasonable about expectations and things that you're going to be getting done in a nurse injector's chair is not going to be the same results as a cut and sew, um, which is why I never got like full sculpting because I was like, what a fucking waste. I would rather, I would rather have skin removal surgery than have, you know, that I'm getting plastic surgery. I want it to be noticeable. If I'm spending thousands of dollars, like I want to notice a difference. I don't want to just have like a slight result from cool sculpting. The more aggressive the procedure, the better the results are going to be. I mean, there's, you know, the, there, there's no two ways about that. That's just, you know, mm-hmm. that's just the fact of the matter. Okay. So let me see if there's any questions that we missed because we, I, we kind of like answered a lot of the questions just in our conversation. Um, ooh, is there anything else that you'd like to get done? Who? You. Me. Huh. No, I'm just, I'm not, not cut and sew kind of stuff, just maintaining of doing more threads, filler, neurotoxin, but I'm at the mm-hmm. stage of my life where, and I remember you said this to me a while ago, mom, don't focus in on your body, just focus in on your face. <laughs> you said that yeah. to me a while well, back. The skin, quality of skin, quality of skin. Right. And not, like- that's another thing is that you realize is that Listen, I, I do the best I can. I've kept up with everything. I'm comfortable with the way my body is. And yes, my skin is not going to be the same as a younger person's skin, but that's just the way it is. And you get to the point where you're just sort of comfortable as far as face goes and everything. If there's things that I can do to optimize, to make myself look better that way, yes. But I don't think I would go under major surgery. I would probably have my eyes done again, you know, in the next decade but that's that's Mm -hmm. it that's it um if i had a butt a boatload of money um i would i would be doing all sorts of burning things to my face i'm sure um it's so expensive though like all the lasers and stuff and it's just like not worth it to me um but mm, what kind of result would you want to get what what would you look i don't know i think uh oh just to just to um have uh like get my pores a little bit smaller looking like a little bit smoother. And I have a lot of discoloration just because I've spent a lot of time in the sun. 
uh, <laughs> in my horse business life. Right. Um, and that's, uh, and by, by the way, if anybody wants one, one tip is wear sunscreen. Oh my um, goodness. The and, best anti-aging thing ever. Oh my God. The Jeez. fucking sun. And it's so funny because like, we, like we live like the, I, I, our house is like a resort style house. And so like our house is the party house all the time. And every weekend we are hanging out outside, but I am not outside in the sun ever. Like everybody thinks I'm out in the sun all day. That's absolutely not. I am in the shade all of the time. And I was actually, when I was in Denver, um, the patient coordinator at Dr. Buford's, who I'm now known for a decade, she was like, you know, all, like, you don't have, I can't believe you don't have a tan. It's July and you live in Arizona. And I was like, Jen, do you know how much money I spent on Botox? I'm not fucking sitting in the sun. Are you like, are they, uh, uh, no. And Jen, you not. have great skin too. You have beautiful Thanks. skin. I, I don't put it in the sun. Yeah. I don't she, put it in the sun can't go, She can't go in no. the You can't put that in the sun. No. no. <laughs> beautiful skin. <laughs> Seattle. There you go. <laughs> beautiful. <laughs> Um, Jess, I am going to ask you for your closing thoughts after we finish these questions, because I think that'll be a good way to, to wrap it up. Um, yeah. So uh, how long do you suggest someone to wait after extreme weight loss to get plastics? Uh, well, I probably mm. wouldn't have had to get the second boob job if I had just been a little bit more patient and waited, uh, waited till I had gotten to the level of leanness that I, um, that I'm at now, as I said, I didn't necessarily expect it, but if I had, I would say that you should get where you want to go and maintain it for if you can, if you can wait that long a year, yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I would, I, I would never do like, I, I, I obviously the, am so impatient, but I think the problem year, there is, is people don't know. They don't know, especially if they're coming from like being like extremely obese. Like I was 320 pounds. I don't necessarily know where my stopping point is mm, yet because right. I've not gotten lean enough that I don't really know. And in my mind, like the, like the 190, 180 zone is, is probably my stopping point. But after I get there, that might not be the case. And I just don't, I just don't know. And I think that that's kind of what you encountered after your first round of surgeries. Yeah. You weren't thinking you were going to get any leaner than that. Well, also circle back here though, because you've been on this journey for a while now. And, and <laughs> I got my plastics like, you know, a year into like, yeah. very, like I lost my weight very quickly and I got plastics immediately. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is, so I think it, it's very relevant that you are how many years, six, seven years into your, your eight, uh, it'll be, eight. it'll be nine years oh, in September. Nine. Nine okay. Years okay. So you're like, we're working, we're like all, you're almost at a decade here. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, so I think it's different. I also think that the amount, like if it starts getting in your way, which wait, hold on. Fuck. We, I, I want to talk about this, but I want to talk about, I want to cover this properly. So my answer, uh, let's go through these questions and then let's circle back. So the question of how long should somebody wait, you should be where you want to be. Um, I have clients that get plastic surgery that still have 20, 30 pounds to lose. Don't fucking do it, girl. Don't do it. You're going to have to go back. You're going to have to get more shit done. Um, and I'll also tell you that the reason that I have such superhuman looking like that, the reason that my results are so fantastic is because I was really lean before I had my tummy tuck done. Um, like I gave Dr. Buford every, like the best, the best canvas to work on. And I got, I, I mean, I gave him a really good, and it, it is a team effort. And then you have mm -hmm. to keep, keep doing all the things and living the lifestyle and putting on the muscle and all that stuff. Um, but there is no way that I would have, I, I will be honest. And I, I, I might sound like an asshole. And if I say this, 
I have not seen anybody that has tummy tuck results that are as good as mine. I have never seen anybody whose tummy tuck looks as good as mine, whose waist is as small as mine, whose ratios are as Jessica Rabbit as mine are. And I think it's because, A, I had a fucking awesome surgeon. But also, I, I came to him, like, very lean mm-hmm. and with a really, really good canvas to work off of. Um, you know, I haven't seen, I've never seen anybody that has a belly button that looks as natural as mine does. There's, there's a lot of, you know, right. it counts. A lot of coin slots. Yeah, it counts. Um, and there is nothing cereal box about my body. I mean, I have I, I have a 22 inch waist, mm-hmm. which again, I wouldn't there is no way that that could happen naturally with uh, like really truly. Um, people need to know that the reason that my body looks the way I do is definitely because I have had things done. Right. Um, but it also has been because I've put in the work. So we yeah. I think we've got a good split there. Um, okay. What else? Uh, how do you eat while recovering? Uh, always, always eat at least at maintenance while recovering. Make sure that you're still getting protein. I don't eat any differently. Nothing's changed. Although it was funny the first couple of days while I was recovering, um, because I had no concept of time. I just kept eating. And my mom was like, <laughs> she was like, I'm not food shaming you, but you keep eating. <laughs> it was, it was right. I'm like, what you're eating again. But again, she had no concept. And I had like all this nice food. I had roasted vegetables. We had like all kinds of nice things, but I'm like, again, it was really funny. would you really be she hungry? Just like, you know, she was just like, I don't know. <laughs> doing this and I was like stop food shaming me she was like I'm not food shaming you but you've eaten like three times in the past hour and I was like well I'm just having a snack plate right now and this Um, so definitely set alarms to remind you to eat if nobody else is keeping track or you might find yourself eating way more than you should be eating when you're in the painkiller stage uh how long do I have to take a break from training I don't know it will probably be um, so I get my uh, stereo strips off my breasts on Monday, which Mark will do for me, husband of the years, husband of the century. Um, and I will be sending pictures to Dr. Buford. And then from there, I'm hoping that I'll be released to start walking a little bit. Um, I probably won't be able to lift upper for six or eight weeks is my guess. I'm trying to remember the last, last time. Probably um, about they, that time. They, but right now I can't get my heart rate elevated in any way. So I have been totally totally sedentary um and that's for bleeding and healing purposes so i so i can't do anything right now i assume i'll be able to start doing some walking i i would guess that he'll let me start doing some walking come monday as long as everything looks okay um and then from there everybody's different um and i think that that needs to be addressed too that like everybody's healing is going to be different um i think that i didn't know when i had my breast on last time that to expect to have openings um, I didn't, I don't think that that was something that they told, told me. And that was something that was kind of like scary the first time that I had like some, uh, do you know what I'm talking about? Like where you have like the, the little openings. Oh, you mean when they do, they go around the nipple and they go down and then where the, um, incisions were. Yeah. Like spitting sutures. Like they don't like, I feel like people don't tell you like, like in that kind of stuff. Like if I feel like if you'd known, like, you know about it, it wouldn't have been so scary. Um, like the T, the T junction where like the three scars meet, like I had an opening there for my last, uh, from when I got my breast mm-hmm. on the first time for probably like two or three months, which I learned is like totally normal, but like, it's just, it's, you know, it's a lot to learn too, that I think that, you know, it's, I don't think it's surgeons that are like trying to like withhold information and it probably wasn't the information they gave me, but you know, I just signed that shit. They <laughs> used to tell you something interesting surgeons that at once you've had your breast done that you should never do chest again. That was like an old, and just know that's an old school way to think as far as training your body once you get back into lifting. 
Oh, um, I don't train chest. Direct uh, chest. I I do. I don't like the way it feels. I feel my implant move under the muscle. It might be different now, but I would feel my implant no. like slide under the muscle, and I didn't like that. But I, I'll do um I'll do indirect chest. I'll do in, incline presses. All of those things. So train. I like, but I don't. I would. I will not be flat head pin flat, flat pressing anything. Um, and because it, it what what's the purpose? Like I'll I'll do incline because I want to have my delt tie in. The purpose. But what's of that- the point? The point is that we train opposing muscles so we have a balanced, healthy body. If you're overdeveloped on one side and underdeveloped on another side, hence thighs, tries, quads, hams, mm-hmm. you know, this is, you know, bat, lats, and chest, then you're going to leave yourself open for injury. Okay. So you want a balanced body. You want to train <sighs> your body equally. So, you know, as you start to heal and as your breasts settle in, and it could be a year. But you're, you should start training chest again. You're not going to pop them. There used to be, oh, my gosh, they're going to rupture. No, they're not going to No, rupture. it wasn't that. It's, it's that the, I know, but it's that feeling that goes yeah. away. It does we'll go see. away. I mean, I guess I'm trying to think of like, no, the only thing I would do is incline press. It's only chest that I would do. Unless I was training with somebody else, uh, then, then I would do it. But as part of my normal split that I wouldn't. Right. Um, I wouldn't. Okay. Split, mm-hmm. So eating, uh, training recovery, getting plastics while still plus size. Um, first Don't time. Um, well, unless you have like, if you have loose skin that's causing you discomfort or rashes or something like that, then I think that go ahead and you know if it's affecting your quality of life, uh, an insurance will probably cover it too. Quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, okay, so. I know that we're past our normal. Uh, of course, plastic surgery is our longest episode, um, but. I want to, in closing, um, I want you, Jess, to tell me where you're at and if your feelings have changed after listening to us banter about this for the past hour. Not yet. (laughs) They have not changed yet. Um, And share what your feelings are. um, I don't foresee myself having plastic surgery in the future. Um, I have a terrible time with medications. I have a terrible time with anesthesia. Um, so pain management is really hard for me because I have such a horrible reaction to any kind of medication. Like, I don't even like to like drink alcohol because of of how my body reacts to it. Um, so post C-section was probably the most awful recovery. Um, I was extremely nauseous, couldn't move my head, even nothing. And then, and then trying to move around with the incision was extremely painful because I refused to take any additional pain medication. Um, and because of the bariatric stuff, they couldn't give me like ibuprofen even. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very rough and I had a newborn. So that probably added to my like mm-hmm. fear of that. And because of where, you know, the C-section stuff is, I'm like, if I ever have, you know, um, a tummy tuck, this is going to be what this feels like. Um, and so absolutely the fuck not. Um, I looked at my mom and I said, if I ever tell you that I want skin removal, remind me of this right here. Um, I, on the second day tried to shower myself. Um, and they, they told me to like take off the the bandages in the shower. Um, and I blacked out in the shower, um, and had to be wheeled out by the nurses in a wheelchair. And so I like that has kind of painted a, a very ugly picture for me of what recovery would be like. Um, mm-hmm. 
so right now as things stand i don't the benefits for me don't outweigh any of that experience um but i'm also you actually unlike me you actually are making that pro con list yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well and, I, and I, i'm living vicariously through through you and seeing yeah. your recovery because this is the second time i've seen you recover through a a plastics mm-hmm. procedure and so i get to live vicariously through your experiences which also helps me with my pro con list so thank you for that for being the guinea pig <laughs> Um, the dark side. I also have a long way to go. How about anti-aging, Botox fillers, any of those stuff? I'm not. I'm not opposed to them, but I've had. Yeah, you have like perfect. You have perfect skin. You fucking bitch. (laughs) I've seen no need to to start doing any of that yet. So, like, I do have like um, frownies. Those little like yeah things, Mm -hmm. you know. So like, I have some of that kind of stuff. So it's not like I'm, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. just like wash my face with a bar of soap and call it good kind of a thing like but well so I think that we can wrap this up with the fact that you know it's such a personal thing the mm-hmm. this the health fitness journey and the and all aspects of it including plastics and including all of those things um I also think that we should stress the fact that the person that you choose to do to your provider is so, so important. Um, Like these people that go to Mexico, I've seen some people that have okay results. I've never seen anybody that has great results going to Mexico. Um, Then that's just me being honest, but um, I have seen bad things happen. Um, If you have, if you come back and you need wound care, people will not help you. Um, because then they're responsible for you. So that's something that's really important to know. And with me traveling to Denver, that was something that I needed to um, consider. Um, and luckily, Dr. Buford has a good friend who is Dr. Golly, who is here in Scottsdale and had said that he would help if I had any sort of complications. So that's something to consider if you are traveling to get plastic surgery, if something happens, um, you know, any kind of complication, you know, People might not help you because they don't want to be liable for that. Um, don't get fucking Groupons for Botox, please. Like, yeah. like, like, please don't do that. Um, I also, oh, also, I'll say that probably the thing that I get the most compliments on are my lips. Um, and you have to have like, they, like people that are doing stuff to your face, they have to be like artists to a, a point, and that an injector is like getting a good injector is really important. Um, and people have asked me a lot, like how, where you find somebody and realself.com has lots of stuff on where you can look at like people's reviews of surgeons and things. But honestly, I feel like word of mouth is the best way to find surgeons and injectors. Would you agree? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, you um, really only notice though the bad work, unfortunately, mm-hmm. good work. You don't notice, like you can always look at somebody and be like, Oh my gosh, that looks horrible. You know, that whatever they did to themselves and what doctor would do that to them. But yeah. So, you know, you do notice the bad more than the good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. No, I really, I, I think that I lucked out as far with, um, well, with Trista here locally. And by the way, Trista has been doing all, all of my wound care post-op as far as removing stitches and dealing with steri strips and all of that. And I had discussed that with her when we were planning uh, everything with Dr. Buford. And so that had been pre-planned. Um, and so Trista's awesome. But as far as the work with my Botox fillers here, she is amazing. She does she does good lips. She does. I mean, and if, any, if anybody is in Arizona, I mean, go to Trista for your lips. Um, but Dr. Buford is, uh, I've had all amazing experiences with him and his team and their care is above and beyond. 
Um, and so I can't say enough good things about him. I, 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 we should have him on the podcast. I know I, I've talked to him briefly about it. And, and once we can coordinate schedules, we can have him on. Um, but so, so important to make sure that well, you find I, I wait till surgeon. I come back to New Jersey because I do live in Florida, the majority, mm-hmm. and I've never found anybody in Florida that's good. And I have my uh, Dr. Leela Grayson. She's phenomenal. She's just great. Mm-hmm. And she really cares and wants to even do follow up and, and just, doesn't want to sell you things that you don't need and looks at you. And, you know, it's important that you, you feel comfortable with the person that you are uh, trusting with your appearance. Yeah. And I don't, I don't have plans to get any more. I, I can't think of anything that, uh, that I'd like to have done, but talk to me in like two to three months. Uh, no, but oh, in all yes, seriousness, I'll, I will, I will, I, I will continue to go to Denver and you will continue to meet me in Denver and take care of me. Um, just because I trust him. Like I don't, I don't want, uh, it would be very hard for me to have somebody else cut into my body at this point. Um, so I told him not to retire until after my, my face, my first facelift. Um, so anyway, so, so that's, so that's where we're at. Um, but I think, all right, I think we've covered all the bases. Does anybody have anything else to say about plastic surgery? No, it's just not so, it's not so easy. Just understand that nothing is easy. You know, we do forget the pain. For the most part, just like when we have babies, Sarah, you wouldn't know, but Jess knows, you know, we, we, we have more than one child, even though it's very difficult, you know, if, if everybody mm-hmm. home remembered the pain, they would never have more than one child. And the same thing, you know, plastic surgery, it's not easy. It's not something, it, it's wonderful that it's, it can, it's there, it's an option, but do your research and just know that it, it's not just an easy thing. Mm-hmm. And have 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 reasonable expectations, uh, well, and, right. and, and and honestly, like I am so happy to to chat about, and I and I'm sure that Ren, Renee slash mom uh, would be happy to talk about anything that any questions that anybody has. Sure. Um. So don't be shy in reaching out. Um. You know, I, mm-hmm. <laughs> I would I wouldn't say we're like pros or anything, but we've had some shit done. So um, if anybody has some questions, uh, feel free to ask. We'll, we'll totally keep it real with you as always. And I think that's a good place to stop. Yeah. Absolutely. Are we good? Yeah. Cool. All right. Well, that was a fun for like first episode to jump back in with. Uh, thank you everybody for listening to the been there lost fat podcast. Uh, we'll see you next time. <laughs> Ciao. <laughs>